All right. Well, good morning again. Uh, we're going to jump back into our series. That we, uh, It's kind of unusual for us to be three weeks in before I get a chance at it, but I'm going to dive back in in a second. But um, I do need to go backwards to our series previous, the um, Old School Evangelism series, because, and if, if you weren't with us, you'll have to go back and listen. But at various points in that series, I told you of all my different failures when it comes to trying to tell people about Jesus. Uh, there was the time where... Uh, uh, I, I didn't take an opportunity to, to tell somebody at the gym that I was a pastor and I was actually busy on Easter. Uh, and then the time that uh, I told some other referees that I, I work at a small nonprofit in Milan, Michigan. And so I've had, I've had my moments where I'm not exactly the most bold in one-on-one situations. But I had a moment this week and I wanted to come back to you with a victory. It was on Monday. I was at the dentist. Um, and uh, he came in to do just the kind of the final check. I don't know why dentists make so much money because it's really the cleaner who's with you for like a half hour and then he's in there for like five minutes, but whatever. Uh, he came in, nice enough guy, and uh, it was Monday and he's like, man, it's, it's kind of great that it's 75 and sunny and you just kind of have some time to be out and about and, and get this kind of thing done. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's nice to, to be off. And I was like, I got I to gotta say it. I got to say it. So I said, actually, I'm a pastor, so I'm busy on Sundays. So when everybody goes back to work on Monday, that's when I kind of get a chance to, to do these types of things. And, and I'm, I'm thinking, all right, is this going to turn into something? He goes, okay, great. Stick your tongue out for me. And he started grabbing it and moving around. So I didn't get a chance to really dive into the, the health of his soul and his eternity. But I told him I was a pastor, and I just wanted you guys to know that I don't fail every single time. So... So hopefully the series was as beneficial for you as it has been for me. I'm proud to tell people that I'm a pastor now. So uh, let's, let's get into this series. We've called it Identity Theft, and, and our new friend Kevin Davis kicked it off a couple weeks ago. And one of the things that he said that was kind of the crux of this whole thing is that a lie believed as if it were true will impact your life the same as if it were true. Right, and he gave some great examples, and Joe hit some of them last week, but uh, kind of an, a silly example uh, going back to when I was a kid, we had cats growing up. We always had a dog, always had at least one cat. And I need to confess that when it comes to the cats, I am now 40 years old. And if I have to get up in the middle of the night for some reason, when it's time to get back in bed, I get back in bed super fast. And I pull my feet up into bed super fast because of something that might possibly be under my bed that can't possibly be under my bed. So going, and it's not a monster, it's not the boogeyman, it is Maxwell the cat. Now Maxwell the cat was named after Maxwell House coffee, that's the coffee that my mom used to drink. And, and if you're on the younger side, uh, back in the 80s, coffee hadn't really progressed to the point that it is right now, and so people thought about Maxwell House coffee and Folgers crystals, and they're like, that's the good stuff, right? So, so she named our cat after the coffee, but it, it's a nice enough cat, but as a kid, I'd get up in the middle of the night, and as I'm coming back, he, he liked to hide in the shadows. And as you're walking back to your room in the middle of the night, sometimes he would pounce. Sometimes he would chase you all the way back to your room. Sometimes just bat at your heels with a paw. Sometimes nip at you as you're walking by. But sometimes Maxwell would hide under my bed. And as I was pulling my feet into bed, he'd either just reach up and bat my, bat my heel or take a bite out of my foot. And so to this day, I still think about that dumb cat, right? The thing's been gone for 20 years now. We don't even have a cat in our house, and yet it still messes me with me. Why? Because, because a lie believed as if it were true impacts your life as if, it were, as if it were true. Now, that's true for a silly, dumb cat, but it's also true and especially true for the lies that we believe 
about ourselves. And that's kind of what we've been addressing in this series. And, and Kevin said it best a couple weeks ago. He said, we, we need to build our lives not just around truth, because there's a lot of things that are true, right? Like, the sky is blue. We are in a building. This is Memorial Weekend. Not just truth. We need to build our lives around the truest truth, the truth about Jesus and what he did on the cross and what that means for our lives. And Joe did a great job last week kicking off that what we want to address uh, the rest of the way is just some some practical things that we have a tendency to believe about ourselves that aren't even true, and then our lives get built around them, and we make decisions based on them, and we take or miss opportunities based on these things. And Joe said, hey, we, we sometimes find ourselves thinking, I have to be strong. i got to be strong for my family. i got to hide the emotions. i got to push myself further. I have to take on more than I should. I have to be strong. But what we really find out is that God's strength is so far beyond our strength and that his strength is made perfect and best revealed in the midst of our weakness. So I encourage you to go back and listen to that if you missed it. And today, we're going to hit another common lie that we tend to believe about ourselves, and that's that this is just the way I am. This is how it is. But before we get there, I want to I kind of hit this whole thing from a different angle in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And some of you are sitting there with your little kids, and you're like, I hope he doesn't go long today. We're going to get out a little bit early today, so don't worry about that. We're going we're gonna to blaze through this sucker 2 Corinthians chapter 10, starting in verse 3, Paul says, Though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, our weapons have divine power to demolish strongholds. Now, those, those two phrases at the end there, divine power, the word there that's used for power, the root of that word is the foundation for our word, dynamite. So in many ways, Paul is saying, hey, we have some divine dynamite at our disposal when it comes to fighting some of the spiritual battles that we experience in our lives, and they're meant to demolish strongholds. And that word for strongholds, it means a strong castle. It means to fortify, but it also is used to refer to a prison locked by deception, a prison that's not a structural prison, not a door that's locked to you, not a space that you're confined to, but a prison that we're locked in that's based on deception, a prison based on lies. And so whether it's running from a cat that's been gone for 20 years or something far more serious, these things, these deceptions, these lies take a hold of our lives in very real ways. So, so what are some of these common strongholds, some of these common deceptions that we find ourselves leaning into and, and, and the areas of our lives and the way that we view ourselves in those contexts? I think one of them is oftentimes financial. What do we say? I'll never be good with money. I get it and I spend it. I don't really understand budgets, right? I'm, I'm always going to deal with debt. I'm never going to have, have enough. I've, I've never had the time or the brains or the encouragement or the luck to have a high-paying career. And so this is just something that I'm always going to have to worry about. I'm just, ne- I'm just not good with money. How about relational strongholds? I said, I could never have a healthy relationship. Every marriage in my family tree falls apart. I always pick the wrong man. I'll never get married. I'll never be happy. I've trusted before and I got burned, so it's just not going to happen for me. Or we say, I'm just not that affectionate of a person, right? My family's not super affectionate, or I just can't open up to people. I'm too private. I'm too much of an introvert. I'll never have a healthy relationship. That's potential relational strongholds that we get stuck in. How about habitual strongholds? Could be addictions could be bad habits. Maybe it's a long string of issues. We just say, I'm, uh, you know what, I'm just going to struggle with this forever. 
I've tried before. I've tried many times. This isn't, just isn't going to happen for me. In some ways, it's just my DNA, right? This is, this is, I'm a naturally addictive personality, whether it's, whether it's caffeine or my phone or Netflix or video games or something far worse. It's just who I am. Sometimes it's attitude strongholds. I just, I just kind of always find myself with a bad attitude, right? I'm, I'm always, uh, I'm naturally pessimistic. I see things from the negative side. Or, or we say, you know, I'm just naturally a truth teller. Well, maybe you're just a jerk, right? So uh, it, it's, it's a morning thing. I'm always grumpy in the morning, especially before I get my coffee. Flashback to the addiction issue. My family was always pretty direct, always pretty rough. It's just how I do things. This is just the way I am. How about spiritual? Sometimes we believe a lie about where we might be spiritually. I'm saying, I'm just one of those people. I'm always either on fire or lukewarm and drifting the next, the next moment. Right? It's just how I am. I never get through a Bible reading plan. I hit Leviticus in February and it falls apart from there. Or was I, I'm just not someone with a lot of faith. Or I'm just not a prayer warrior like some people I know. And honestly, it doesn't matter because God answers their prayers and not mine. We, we have these things that we tell ourselves, right? I, I have a hard time trusting God. It goes back to my issues with my dad. It's just not something I'm ever going to be strong at. Sometimes it's physical strongholds, physical deceptions. I don't like anything about the way that I look. I struggle with my diet. Working out just isn't for me. I hate to sweat. Maybe it's my hair. Maybe it's abilities or lack thereof. Maybe you feel like you have the wrong skin color in the wrong town. Maybe the enemy says to you, this is just how you are. This is just who you are. You're never going to change. You're not going to be valuable enough because of how you feel physically. Now, what do all these things have in common? There's a couple things. First one is this. All of these things are us saying to ourselves, how I am is how I'll always be. How I feel is how I'll always feel. How I act, how I respond, how I live, how I love is how I will always act, always respond, how I'll always live and how I'll always love. And it's not just us saying those things to ourselves. It's also us saying to God, hey, just so you know, there's nothing you can do about it either. Maybe, God, God, maybe you made me this way, but maybe you have no intention of, of making any improvements as time goes on. And all of them are us embracing a false identity. All of them are us believing this is just who I am. And all of them are lies that, when believed, can and do impact our lives with the same power as if they were true. And so how do we deal with this? The first thing is, like, we, like Kevin said a couple weeks ago, we have to deal with this with the truth, with the truest truth of all time. What we have to understand is that as a believer, your identity, who you really are, your identity is in Christ. It's the only adjective that matters. You are in Christ. Colossians 1.27 tells us that Christ in you, that's the hope of glory. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. The, the person I used to be, the identity I used to carry around, no longer lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And then in 2 Corinthians 5, we find out that in that moment, when we are in Christ, when we place our faith and trust in Jesus and his death and resurrection, we take on his righteousness. His identity becomes our identity. And that is now who we really are and who we're becoming more and more. 
And that truth should be a source of confidence. It should be a source of courage, a source of purpose, and a source of conviction when it comes to battling some of the strongholds that we take on in our lives, some of the lies that we believe, some of the the false identities that we try to put on ourselves. It should inspire belief that God continues to work in you. And so that's the truest truth, that we are in Christ. We have taken on his identity. But there's a couple other things that are super important when it comes to battling these strongholds, whether it's the stronghold today of this is just who I am or or the lie last week that I have to be strong or things that we'll address over the next couple weeks. And so this really applies for the whole series, but specifically this lie. One thing that we have to do is we have to take those wrong thoughts, take those incorrect thoughts, take those deceptive thoughts captive. If we go to that next verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 where we left off, you say, hey, we don't fight with the world's weapons. This is a spiritual battle. We need spiritual weapons. We've got spiritual dynamite at our disposal. Here's what he's talking about in verse 5. He says, we demolish arguments. We demolish every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take every thought and we make it obedient. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So we demolish these arguments and these lies that compete against the truth of God. And so anything that's not of God, we destroy it with the spiritual dynamite. We take it captive and we make it obedient to Christ and compare it with what he says. This is something, uh, it's not an every week thing, but there are Sundays where I wake up and we get here pretty early on Sunday morning. So especially through the wintertime, it's dark, it's cold, right? Saturday nights, you're up late watching a game or out with friends or doing whatever. And all of a sudden Sunday morning comes and it, Sometimes it's in the shower. Sometimes it's just eating breakfast. You just get that thought in your head like, you should just call Joe and tell him you're puking. Nobody really cares what you have to say anyways, right? There's, no, there's nothing you're going to say that anyone wants to hear, right? You, you, you didn't put in enough prep. You didn't spend enough time on this. You didn't spend enough prayer over this talk. You're not perfect. You don't have anything valuable to say. And so those thoughts creep in, and it's not true. That's deception. Those are lies trying to imprison me based on something that's not true. And so how do we battle that all of a sudden? You battle it with 1 Corinthians 2 where Paul says, we claim nothing except Christ crucified. And it's not about man's strength or man's wisdom. It's about the power of the Holy Spirit working through us, right? And so we take those things and when your mind says, I can't overcome this addiction, when your mind says, I can't stop this habit, this is just how I react in tense situations. This is just how love is going to be for me. This is just how friendships are going to be for me. This is just how my family's always done things. I'm just not the smart kid, and that's how it's always going to be for me. I always find a way to lose in the end. I always end up cheating on the diet anyways. This is just how I am. This is just who I am. You take every wrong thought, And you capture it and say, no, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No, I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. It's not by might. It's not by power, but by his Holy Spirit. And we do what it says in Philippians 4.8 where he says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure or lovely or admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, if anything is of God, think about such things. Think about those things. And so we take those thoughts captive. We stop them in our, in our tracks and say, that is not correct. That does not hold up in comparison with the word of God. And then instead, we speak truthful words to ourselves. Speak truthful words. In Proverbs 18, 21, we see that our words have the power of life and death. And so many people, really all of us from time to time, we speak words of defeat to ourselves. 
We speak words of discouragement to ourselves. We speak words that into our own hearts and minds, we say, I'll never this, I'll never that, I can't this, I won't that, impossible this, I'm stuck with that. Take those thoughts, capture them, stop them in their tracks. Then compare those words with the words of Scripture, what God says about you, who you are in Christ, and speak truth instead. It's preaching to yourself. You've got to preach to yourself. You've got to ask yourself, do my words reflect a prisoner who's trapped by deception, or do my words reflect someone whose identity and power are found in Christ? And we can remember the encouragement from Philippians 1.6. And this is how we know that this is just who I am is not correct. It's a lie. It's a deception. It's a false identity. Because here it says that he who began a good work in you, he'll carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. This is just who I am. This is just the way I am. That cannot be true because God is not done with you yet. He's still working. He's still pouring out his grace still helping to mold you and shape you to become more and more like his son, taking on the identity of Jesus. And the truth is, that's where it has to start. Whether we're talking about uh, I have to be strong, whether it's today or future lies that we address over the next couple weeks, whether you're 5, 6, 7 years old, or 10, 11, 12 years old, or 60, 70, 80 years old, any one of these battles, any one of these issues has to start with a relationship with Jesus Christ and allowing him to do a work in you. And it's simply this. It's recognizing that Jesus is God, and he came down to live as a man and lived a perfect, sinless life. And then he sacrificed that life and willingly died on the cross and then rose again to forgive us of our sins and give us new life. And if we believe that, if we accept that, he comes in and he starts to transform us from the inside out. And that's the beginning of the journey. And so I want you kids who are here this morning, you're paying attention, you're doing a great job. Hopefully you got three or four bingos by now, right? If you have any questions about what we've talked about this morning, any questions about the songs that we sang, right? Any lyrics that you heard, anything that I've said, your parents are there, ask your parents questions this afternoon, ask your grandparents questions this afternoon. Say, hey, what, what did Pastor Justin mean when he said that? What does it mean that Jesus died on the cross? What is that? What is sin? How does, how does that work? If you want, come find me. I got a piece of chocolate. We'll talk about Jesus and have a piece of chocolate together. Come on up and we'll have a conversation, right? I want to make sure you understand that Jesus is our Savior. And if we give our lives to him, if we believe in him, he forgives us, absolutely. And we get to go to heaven, absolutely. But he'll help us fight the lies that we believe about ourselves over the course of a lifetime. That's a big deal. Let me pray and we'll get out of here. Father, we love you. And we just thank you for a beautiful day to gather this morning. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for the voices singing out, proclaiming truth about who you are and who we are in you. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. Thank you for the truth of Scripture that we can take these lies, these insecurities, these false identities that we take upon ourselves, these identities that steal who we really are, and we can combat them with your truth, the truth of Scripture, the truth of Jesus, the truth of those who walked with him and know what it's all about. God, give us the ability to combat those and live in the truth of who you are and what you mean in our lives. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. Have a great afternoon. If you got some bingos, come up and see me.